last time we finished the first half, or most of actually, uh, Law of One Session 30. This was received February 24, 1981. Uh, 18 exchanges between Don and Ra, the re-listened version. Um, we moved through cosmology uh, to an initial discussion of mind, body, spirit, and a very complex, complicated teaching about uh, the relationship between mind complex and spirit and upper chakras. So basically, mind, body, spirit is the seven chakras. So mind, body, spirit complex is another way of phrasing or describing the seven chakra um, spectrum uh, of energy centers and associated uh, expansions of consciousness. And uh, we'll get into that much further in later sessions. Uh, we seem to be getting to the end of the discussions of cosmology, cosmic metaphysics, the uh, cosmogenetic, cosmogenesis process by which intelligent infinity gives rise to light and light self-structures into seven-dimensional bands or the seven rays and the octaves and how the different levels of logos play into that. Logos as word or creative source, uh, the galactic logos, the solar sub-logos or sub-logoi, L-O-G-O-I, plural, and then two higher self considered a sub-sub-logos or Atman, late sixth density, uh, being um, a spark of the solar logos or the galactic logos, uh, a, um, you know, a, a, a little portion of infinity. <laughs> we can such, say such a strange thing. So uh, I don't want to go over the first half of 30 again. The uh, new material for today starts uh, at 30 point 14 uh, after the discussion of cats and Gandalf and how um, you know some dogs and cats may be harvestable and it's not unusual that those are our pets or that some of our pets uh, have a sense of self or a developing sense of self personality or even virtues that um, are indicative of their maturity as second density beings and uh, that they will become human uh, perhaps in the next incarnation. <clears throat> 3014, the new material, and after that I'm going to do a little rundown of uh, Venusians and Martians in uh, human culture. The uh, Wikipedia pages on Venusian and Martian, uh, because 3014 is uh, related to history of the solar system. Don asks, can you give me a brief history of the metaphysical principles of the development of each of our planets around the sun and their function with respect to evolution of beings? Great question. Ra gives a very short um, introduction uh, and Don doesn't follow up much. Uh, it would be interesting if he had. Ra says, We shall give you a metaphysical description only of those planets upon which individual mind-body-spirit complexes have been, are, or shall be experienced. You may understand the other spheres to be a part of the Logos. That means that the other planets are considered um, not yet even in first density or they're moving to first density uh, material manifestation as rock. Uh, Ra starts, We take the one known as Venus. This planetary sphere was one of rapid evolution. It is our native Earth, and the rapidity of, in brackets, the progress of the mind-body-spirit complexes upon its surface was due to harmonious interaction. Then, upon the entity known to you as Mars, as you have already discussed, this entity was stopped in mid-third density, thus being unable to continue in progression due to the lack of hospitable conditions upon the surface <laughs> as a result of the population's uh, warfare. This planet shall be undergoing healing for some of your space-time millennia. Then, 
the planet upon which you dwell, the planet upon which you dwell upon, has a metaphysical history well known to you, and you may ask about it if you wish. However, we have spoken to a great degree upon this subject. Then, the planet known as Saturn has a great affinity for the infinite, for the infinite intelligence, and thus has been dwelled upon in its magnetic fields of time-space by those who wish to protect your system. That's the Council of Saturn. And finally, the planetary entity known to you as Uranus, Uranus is slowly moving through first density and has the potential of moving through all densities. Uh, <clears throat> so, Ra speaks only of Venus, Mars, Earth, Saturn, and Uranus. Uh, people say there's life, you know, there are beings on the moon. People say there are beings on all the planets. Uh, there may be transient visitors, uh, extraterrestrial, you know, groups, Confederation and or Orion, coming and going sometimes, maybe, on other planets of the solar system. But Ra doesn't say that. Doesn't mean it's not so, but there's no confirmation from them. When Ra says, you may understand the other spheres to be part of the Logos, it means that they haven't, uh, there hasn't been a differentiation uh, from the galactic Logos into solar Logos capacity in relation to those planets. Previously in the session, Rod said that when a planet goes into second density or uh, develops mind-body complexes or basically, you know, what, plant, early uh, plant and animal life, then you have this development of mind-body complexes, not yet spirit, not yet a sense of self, or um, not yet an individualized higher self. Uh, in those worlds, um, the the sun, the solar, the solar being uh, has gone through a differentiation to become a sub-logos, different than the original condition uh, of the galactic logos, meaning there have been differentiations or modifications to the principles of the interaction of light, intelligent energy, love-light, light-love, uh, pertaining to the, the rules of evolution on that planet. In planets that are, quote, part of the Logos, they haven't actually, as we can see with Uranus, haven't even moved into fully first density. <clears throat> so they're, they're mineral. However, um, that mineral condition somehow um, is, is not really... Uh, moving is not the same, is less developed than what's going on with Uranus being moving slowly through first density. So <clears throat> I'm a little confused uh, on that. Can we say that the first density is the four elements that are pre-material? Can we say that first density is mineral? Uh, these other planets, if indeed they really are rock planets, <laughs> you know, don't trust your astronomy or astronomers or your top top gun NASA scientists, they may be liars and frauds, <laughs> who knows, meaning uh, just because you see, uh, you know, astronomers and uh, folks with telescopes see some light up there, does that mean that that planet, uh, not in the list of these here, uh, is a rock planet, a rock sphere? I don't know. Maybe, I guess so, but maybe not. Because when Ra says that, you know, we're trying to understand the other planets that are a part of the Logos as distinct from Uranus, which is, quote, slowly moving through first density, which is obviously then, uh, or we think it seems to be, a rock sphere, a mineral sphere. So a mineral sphere moving through first density, that, that's reasonable, okay. But there isn't um, animal or plant life on Uranus, meaning it's not second density, meaning it's just, it's moving into the, the, the place where there's a further differentiation of the galactic uh, logos laws um, associated with that planet or that aspect of the solar system. Uh, <clears throat> can we say that the other planets like what, Neptune or Jupiter, are not yet first density? Are they not mineral? 
Are they gaseous and not actually mineralized even? Maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. Is Pluto a rock or is it gaseous? Is it a light? Uh, is it actually substantial material? Or are those other planets not even substantial material, you know, mineral? Uh, I don't know. So it's a strange matter. But <clears throat> when Ra says the other spheres are part of the Logos, they mean that there hasn't been a differentiation into the dimensional cycle, uh, uh, the, the octave cycle of progression through densities. Uh, not yet even what Uranus is doing, which is slowly moving through first density. So they're pre-first density. Whether they're mineral or gaseous or elemental or light or insubstantial or what, I don't know. So then Venus, which we'll talk about later, more. Um, Venus was, was where Ra evolved in third density. They said about two billion years ago, they said that they progress rapidly due to great harmony in the social complex. They said that they used uh, sexual, um, sexual means, sexual what, yoga or uh, spiritualization of sexual practice or sexual, you know, spiritual sexuality, which really means love-based sexuality. That's all. <clears throat> it may not be high tantra technique, uh, but love-based sexuality. <laughs> That's like... That's, that is a spiritualization of sexuality. And that's very rare on planet Earth, <clears throat> where Ra said that marriages are like adversarial uh, relationships. <laughs> Marriage, they called an adversarial relationship, <clears throat> where there's so much conflict. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but it seems to be common here. So um, I, my sense is that the raw group were uh, big cats, that they were feline in second density, that they evolved, and that's the Sphinx. So I believe, I, that's just my personal sense, that raw evolved from second density feline and um, had great, and that was related to the um, intimacy between cats and pharaohs in ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt was, you know, heavily associated with Venus or Ra because of the contact with Akhenaten 3,500 years ago. Uh, so Ra, anyway, by their great social harmony and uh, evolved ultimately a love over wisdom bias. And that's why they called themselves naive. And that's why they made poor, what I would call poor decisions, although there are no mistakes in the law of one. Uh, obviously, they have some regret and uh, called Yahweh's mistake or Yahweh's intervention grievous, grievous error, grievous mistake. So on the one hand, there's no mistake in the law of one. On the other hand, uh, there are actions that lead to uh, quite uh, unintended and perverted and um, negative consequences, which seem to be disastrous, such as the root of the Illuminati <laughs> being uh, ultimately... Yahweh and Ra's um, naive or unwise, unskillful genetic manipulations or modifications of humanity and technology interventions in Egypt and before that in Atlantis and, of course, South America got their part too. Uh, that's what happens when you go up to six density love over wisdom. Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, that was Venus. And again, after the session or the, the kind of addendum to today's talk will be a presentation from Wikipedia on Venusians and Martians. Then we go to what Ra says on Mars. Uh, we talked about Mars. It stopped mid-third density due to warfare, blew off their atmosphere. Of course there was civilization there. Ra said they were transferred to Earth 75,000 years ago and worked upon or genetically modified by Yahweh, Confederation Yahweh, I assume it's sixth density, that was considered an infringement by other uh, Confederation groups, although not considered an infringement in being allowed to occur by the Council of Saturn. But it seems to be that the quarantine around Earth limiting negative, negative, um, negative interface or intervention, meaning Orion, was instituted, quarantine instituted 75,000 years ago, uh, but strengthened uh, much more, you know, 
before the end of Atlantis and after Atlantis and 3,000 years ago and so. Mars, uh, you know, they stopped their 3D cycle because of lack of hospitable conditions, which they made by themselves, of course. They, they did by warfare. You can say that the negativity of Earth humanity and Earth's history, meaning warfare, and today's uh, Illuminist or non-illuminated Illuminati folks, uh, is really because uh, a lot of these folks are Martian. And uh, a lot of those folks came from Maldek or were related to Maldek. So you have two significantly, highly negatively oriented planets in the solar system before Earth, uh, much, uh, much more recently than the highly positive Venus. So you have a very funny combination, unique, of uh, high positive and high-dimensional high positive very early on with Venus being uh, intensely positive. And Ra said there, was a, there is a fifth-density positive group on Venus today. So you have, in ancient times in the solar system, <clears throat> um, Saturn being with this great affinity for int infinite intelligence, meaning uh, high, high vibratory conditions in, on Saturn, of Saturn, that allows the Council of Saturn, the grouping, which is basically 6th and 7th and 8th dimensional beings, in my view, to inhabit the rings or some portion of the rings. This has been the beginning. This, um, you know, <clears throat> the Council of, the, the, the roots of the Council of Saturn existed on Saturn long before the first cycle on Mars and Earth. And so, Certainly, Earth being only 75,000 years into, the, into this 3D cycle, you can see, of course, there are going to be future 3D cycles on Earth. This is the first 3D cycle, or the end of the first 3D cycle. How many cycles of 3D were there on Mars before? There may have been few, or, you know, a few, or some. Obviously, we know that Maldek blew itself up, you know, what, 500, 600,000 years ago, <clears throat> Obviously, they had a 3D cycle too. Extreme negativity on Maldek, and um, moderately extreme negativity on Mars. Yet, way, way before that, you have um, you know the sanctuary, the the Sanctus Sanctus uh, Sophia of uh, Saturn, being uh, a holy of holies in the solar system, long ago, uh, with beings. Uh, in 6th, 7th, 8th density, you know, what, what is Saturn? That's a whole other story, right? Was Saturn, um, was Saturn the first inhabited uh, planet of the solar system long, long ago, even before Venus 3 billion years ago? Or concurrent with Venus 3, 3 billion years ago when Venus was in 3rd density? Ra was there and it was a very harmonious 3D race. Uh, I, I assume that Saturn was prior to or concurrent, prior to or concurrent, uh, certainly current, concurrent with the Venetian civilization two billion years ago, and I can imagine it probably was prior to, meaning this solar system may well have been a um, profoundly uh, sacred uh, system with the single planet rings of Mars hosting advanced life long, long ago. Then you have Venus, highly positive, and then you have Maldek, highly negative, and then you have Mars, also highly negative, <clears throat> and then that whole situation has been bundled into uh, this cycle of 3D civilization on this planet Earth for the last 75,000 years. So that's an interesting view. This is surely a an unusual solar system uh, because of the extremes of polarity <clears throat> and you know you think that 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 the polarity is is of significant conflict here on earth now uh, it's this is a, a microcosm or a condensation or um, you know a, a compaction <laughs> of um, the high variation of moral polarity, moral polarity is what we're talking about, positive, negative, uh, that is intrinsic to the evolution of this solar system. 
So the Sol system, we can call it if we like, uh, is unusual. <clears throat> and um, you've got highly, highly sacralized, sacred, um, you know, beatific and um, massive, positive, massively developed uh, consciousness beings of Saturn. And then very high development, positive, very pure, clean, positive uh, from Venus three billion years ago to today, going from third density, highly positive, positive only, to four and five and six, evolving rapidly. You have Maldek, which was a big mess, and uh, probably a gathering place for um, 3D negative souls, souls who are on the negative path but not harvestable to fourth density negative. Of older, of older, of other solar systems, <clears throat> Rod said that this solar system, ours here, it has a certain relation to seven others or six others. There's a sevenfold solar system collection, of which Earth or our system is a part. Uh, I imagine that the negatively oriented souls from other 3D cycled planets in the other six or seven, whatever six or seven, I don't know let's say six other solar systems that are older, or maybe older, <clears throat> those negatively oriented 3D repeaters came to Maldek and then blew the planet to smithereens. Uh, you know, that's karma too, right? Uh, maybe those were souls that were uh, on the positive path but had done serious negativity, meaning they were positive at the base of their beingness, as Ross said about Aleister Crowley, uh, but went very significantly negative, <clears throat> and the result was that they reincarnated on super-negative Maldek, which blew itself to smithereens, and they ended up in, in gorilla bodies for uh, a couple hundred thousand years. <laughs> That's uh, rough justice. Meanwhile, perhaps, those who are more settled on the negative path or higher on the negative path in 3D, not yet harvestable to 4D negative, went to Mars. And, as negatives do, they blew up the atmosphere and they blew off, blew out the civilization. Then they came here. Hey, hey. <clears throat> and you see, that's why we're here. We're here because they're here. And they're here by logoic decree, by the, you know, by the, the command of the king the Logos, the sub-Logos, the solar Logos, as an aspect of galactic, which is basically uh, <laughs> near infinity in, in awareness and power, uh, as part of cosmic plan for this solar system. And uh, it's, it's understandable, it's reasonable that 3D repeaters and uh, highly somewhat highly negative 3D, 3D negative souls from Maldek, I'm sorry, uh, from Mars mainly, uh, are uh, allowed to come here to paradise planet, the blue-green planet Earth, right? That's a logoic decree, <clears throat> and uh, wanderers are here basically to radiate the love light that they, they cannot, to radiate love light um, basically of fourth, fifth, sixth chakra, activation uh, to assist the planet in transformation now at dimensional shift time, harvest time, uh, providing <clears throat> love light radiance that those Martian transferees who are 3D negatives and uh, the other 3D cycled planets, non-harvestable repeaters, cannot radiate also. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. <clears throat> so as I say to people, you know, the real problem is why uh, is that we're not, each person is not clear why you are here. The negativity here is unpleasant, but the real problem is that you're here. And meaning the problem we have with the negativity is that we're here. Okay, that's understandable and not very deep. But why are you here? <laughs> that's deep. And so making peace with the negativity on Earth means making peace with your presence and waking up in the morning here every day. Waking up and being here every day. Until you go to sleep and leave and come back next day. 
So making peace with the negativity on earth means making peace with our life purpose, actually. And that's metaphysical and cannot be understood from a 3D, um, you know, veiled perspective, uh, not seeing beyond the physical world or uh, logic intellect, beyond the first three chakras sphere of awareness lies the answer to uh, life purpose, life mission, and ultimately the salvation uh, and healing of our angst uh, at living on planet Earth. Because on the other side of the veil, in the greater mind understanding, deep mind, soul, higher self, true self, um, we would know, we will know, we can know uh, just why I'm here. And uh, with great self-forgiveness and kindness, and move through uh, anger and pain and grief associated with um, living with all of these fuck-ups. <laughs> Sorry, but, <clears throat> um, you know, living with the high negatives or the moderate negatives who will repeat, and living with the sleepers, some of whom are very sweet and lovely and very, very beautiful souls, but um, will have not developed intellect or discernment um, and will repeat. Uh, and so they're not fuck-ups, they're just um, young or haven't, you know, uh, made great efforts yet. The negatives and uh, those who think they know are the fuck-ups. <laughs> In my book, my little book, my little book of fuck-ups. But I call that the catalog of human distortion. In any case, um, we get an overview here. And um, since we only have a couple questions to finish here with session 30... Uh, I took the liberty of uh, elaborating at length on solar system, uh, you know, metaphysics and history. But uh, there's much, much more to say, and it's very, very interesting uh, why um, Earth is the way it is now uh, is very much related to the history of the solar system and the metaphysical function of this solar system in the uh, in its mini constellation of seven solar systems, in the um, set of seven solar systems of which we are a part, as regards the support for soul evolution for souls that are chronic 3D repeaters who are both non-polarized and inadequately positive or negatively oriented or polarized. All, uh, this is all introductory. Uh, but many interesting ramifications or contemplations can come by reflecting on this and considering, um, you know, the history. Uh, we've got Saturn, Council of Saturn, the high development of Saturn. We've got the history of Venus, very positive. We've got the history of Maldek, very negative. We've got the history of Mars, also negative. And then Earth. And then related to that, uh, we have, you know, the times from Lemuria through Atlantis, through, uh, you know, the ancient Near East, and the major activity uh, 4,000 years ago, 3,500 years ago, up through the time of Yeshua, 2,000 years ago, and then, uh, you know, the Dark Ages, and um, the Renaissance and Reformation, and uh, so-called Enlightenment, little mini-Enlightenment, and, uh, you know, what's been going on the last 300 years, and then the nuclear age, World War II, World War I, II, uh, and, um, you know, the recurrence of UFO contact or the uh, hole in the curtain widening somewhat. Hole in the curtain is what Ross said about the UFO phenomenon. <clears throat> uh, that's the scope of uh, solar system history and Earth history. So, interesting and useful to know. Um, and um, yet not exactly path-oriented teaching, as Gautama presented, and Rot will present more also in the Healing of Mind-Body-Spirit Complex. Okay, <clears throat> Don goes on, thank you, he says, 3015. I was wondering if any of the other planets had a metaphysical evolution. You stated yesterday that much of the this major galactic system, meaning the galaxy, dwells spiritually as part of the Logos, 
By that do you mean that nearer the center of this major galactic system, Milky Way system, that the stars there do not have planetary systems? Is it correct? Ross says it's incorrect. It's not that closer to the center of the galaxy, the stars don't have planets. However, uh, they are considered more advanced. Ross explained this is incorrect. The Logos has distributed itself throughout your galactic system, meaning the galactic Logos. However, the time-space continua of some of your more central sun systems is much further advanced. Some of the central or closer to galactic center sun systems are actually in the next octave, meaning that whole solar system uh, and whatever planets evolved, it doesn't mean that all planets evolve, you see. <coughs> what it seems to be is that in any solar system of, what, five, ten planets, uh, some of them uh, end up hosting soul progression life from first through seventh density. Then, that, you know, given sufficient time, those inhabited planets, we may say, uh, starting with uh, mind-body complexes, you know, in, in the sense of consciousness and second density, through seven, then evolve themselves into the next octave. Does that mean that the sun goes supernova or implodes or goes so cold or dead or something? I don't know. The evolution of the sun disk or sphere or whole, whatever the sun may be, vortex, uh, is uh, concurrent or coincident with the evolution of soul life on maybe just a few planets in any solar system. How far that goes when the resident population graduates from six to seven and out of seven density to the next octave in terms of their own soul progression or beingness progression. Uh, what, how that relates to the longevity of any particular sun, I don't know. I'm sure there's variation. So maybe, mean, meaning maybe some uh, solar systems closer to the center of the galaxy um, are exploring the next octave with the same sun that was uh, active during uh, work in our current octave. <laughs> Meaning, that solar system would be considered evolving now in the next octave, which is totally invisible to us, <clears throat> with the same sun that might be visible to us. I don't know how that those two relate, I don't know. But Ra explains, 3018, uh, the spiritual density or mass of those more towards the center of your galaxy is known meaning they're at a higher spiritual density or mass. However, this is due simply to the varying timelessness states during which the planetary spheres may coalesce. This process of space-time beginnings occurring earlier, shall we say, as you approach the galactic spiral and the tape ends. This was not a long session, but I guess they, the tape wasn't long. Uh, <clears throat> as we approach the center of the galactic spiral, the center of the galaxy, the great spiritual sun, galactic center, the process of space-time uh, continua linear experience started earlier. So the process of space-time beginnings, meaning materialization, what we call materialization, what we call manifestation into form uh, in, in a space-time way as opposed to time-space, which is really... Um, uh, less differentiated, less differentiated than the space-time uh, phenomena. So there's a difference between space-time and time-space in their degree of distortion of the seven rays. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, the process of apparent linear temporal space-time evolution, soul progression, started earlier, closer to the center of the galaxy. Therefore, um, <clears throat> their spiritual dense or mass is greater uh, due, simply due to varying timelessness states uh, during which planetary spheres coalesce. This is basically saying the, um, 
the greater spiritual density or mass of solar systems or suns, we're talking about metaphysical development, really, so consciousness or awareness development, that equals greater spiritual density or mass. Uh, and that's just due to um, the inception and progression and evolution of the, um, the, the, the density sequence, the seven density sequence occurring in those solar systems, having started earlier. Not that very hard to understand. They began first density, or some planets entered first density long, long ago, long, you know, closer to, uh, you know, the, the manifestation of the gal galaxy in general, the, the whole galaxy. So uh, earlier or closer to galactic center, the stars and the planets coalesced earlier. And therefore, they began the uh, historical saga of illusory experience uh, through what we call dimensional levels of octaves earlier than in our solar system and earlier than solar systems further out from the center galactic spiral. And um, the last two questions bring us into some personal material, 3017. Uh, in brackets, the instrument would like to know if you could tell her whether or not this item, which is called Sam Miller's Polarizer, some uh, wanderer with an invention, Sam Miller's Polarizer would help her physical well-being. Can you do that? So that's something. And you could probably look it up online. I'm not sure what it is. Raw answers, as we scan the instrument, meaning Carla, we find anomalies of the magnetic field, meaning her electromagnetic magnetic fields or chakra bodies, chakra energy fields, which are distorted towards our abilities to find narrow band channel into this instrument's mind-body-spirit complex. How's that for a sentence? The polarizer of which you speak as it is would not be harmful. A careful reading of this instrument's aura by those gifted in this area and subsequent alterations of the magnetic magnetizing forces of this polarizer would assist the entity Sam, the guy who made it, in creating such a polarizer that would be of some aid to this instrument. However, we would suggest that no electrical or magnetic equipment not necessary for the recording of our words be brought into these sessions, for we wish no distortions that are not necessary. <laughs> some distortions are necessary uh, because of the limitations of uh, language and conceptualization and um, lack of precisional definition by Ra, given a, a lack of, um, of uh, adequate material presented by, uh, to Don previously, meaning Ra can't explain anything in, in precise definition, depth, deeper and deeper, unless Don questions to that level unless he uh, keeps, you know, um, questioning the same point, drilling down deeper and deeper, uh, with his own uh, understanding uh, growing and growing uh, each stage of the questioning. So uh, that leads to some distortions where Ra gives introductory uh, explanations, um, but, but advanced um, discussion can't happen, because Don just doesn't get there. Then the distortions of uh, human language and human conceptualization, you know, and we just don't have the words for certain um, states of consciousness and uh, metaphysical principles. Uh, and so it's not that Ra wants to mix up some distortion. They said, no, we don't consciously mix any distortion, but um, some occur and they've had, you know, mistakes with their dating, dates given. Uh, but anyway, uh, this device from Mr. Miller uh, basically could be of some aid to Carla. Uh, he, however, would benefit from uh, modifying the machine a bit uh, by reading Carla's aura and alterizing, alternating, or altering the magnetic magnetizing forces of the device and um, 
Raw basically was was able to give this information, but not too much more. And so anyway, there are devices that are helpful, but uh, there are magnetizing devices such as magnetic beds and pads and uh, pendants and uh, little things you can wear or put around your body that actually can do a lot of harm, and so you have to be careful with these things. Um, they can help and they can harm. But you see, you know, energy follows thought. So the imbalances and distortions of personal magnetic fields, meaning uh, energy bodies, is the result of chakra, block chakra blockages and inadequate chakra development. And that's the result of distortion in mind. Energy follows thought. Energy fields are made by thought. Thought, awareness, understanding, consciousness, psychology personal psychology and personal depth psychology, uh, issues of self, issues of relationship, issues of relation to body, issues of um, virtue or non-virtue, meaning to what extent does the person really value virtue? And then, of course, you know, uh, all the tendencies of mind uh, being... Uh, un unrecognized or having conflict and um, you know inadequate development lead to distortions in the electromagnetic fields of well-being. You can change it temporarily with uh, a well-made magnetic alterating altering device, and it can help a lot. Sure, but you got to still be doing work on um, you know purification of mind heart and uh, you know walking the path. So it's like uh, you go to a massage therapist and they readjust uh, painful muscles or um, physiology. Well, that painful muscular and you know, neural physiology issue was caused by you, by your mind, or by some situation you got yourself into. Uh, you may feel wonderful after the massage, but are you going to recreate the same causes of the condition later? <laughs> if you don't know the causes of those conditions, you probably, we will probably, will recreate them later. So that's why people keep going back to healers, because they're not doing self-healing. <laughs> Do self-healing and you don't have to keep going to healers. Because uh, the basis of, of healing is being attended to. The basis of healing being mind, or mind-heart, or conditions of... Uh, how you think and how you feel and how you live, <laughs> made by the mind. Mind, mind created. So energy, body, energy fields, magnetic conditions, follow thought. Energy follows thought. Thought leads. Mind leads. Body, matter, energy fields, chakra conditions, magnetic conditions. Uh, so... You know, it's the mind that needs attending. Uh, and um, as uh, Mr. George Clinton of uh, P-Funk, Funkadelic said, save your mind, your ass will follow. So that's a high metaphysics from the, the funk era. Finally, 3018, anything we can do to make the instrument more comfortable? Rock says the instrument is well balanced and the contact is as it should be. This instrument, Carla, has certain difficulties of a distortion you would call a muscular spasm, thus making motionless position uncomfortable, uh, and thus thus we leave the instrument, meaning we got to go, <clears throat> um, because uh, they don't want to deplete our energies further. Uh, they said in 3016, this will be the last full question, as the instrument is somewhat uncomfortable, we do not wish to deplete the instrument. So uh, another minor point is that uh, motionless positions become uncomfortable when we have muscular spasm, obviously, but uh, when our muscularity or muscular physiology, among other aspects of physiology, is well, we can sit in meditation motionless position for a long time. And to be able to sit in meditation a long time is really, really helpful. And it's really, uh, it really can happen, you know. One really, really 
if one's doing meditation daily, again and again and again and again, will train the body, and the body can really sit sit pretty, sit okay for an hour or two even. It really can happen. And um, when the body can sit motionless, comfortable for an hour or an hour and a half or two, I, I've done two-hour sittings before, but not more than that. Uh, but that was after, you know, long training, again, 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 sit, 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 and then, then the body can handle it. Um, but it's a piece of work. But when the body um, can sit comfortably for an hour or an hour and a half or two, uh, lots of work can go, a lot, the person can go really deep, and um, a lot of clearance can occur. So anyway... Uh, Ra leaves and says, I am Ra, the closing comments of 3018, I am Ra. You are doing well, my friends. I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator, Adonai. And that concludes session 30. Now, I want to make a couple of little comments on the Wikipedia entries uh, for Venus or the Venusians, and the Wikipedia entry for Martian, or the Martians. And uh, going to the Venusians first, <clears throat> uh, interestingly, uh, <clears throat> the Venu you know, there's been a lot of discussion of Venusians in literature <clears throat> and uh, film. These are the categories of the Wikipedia page. Venusians in literature in film, in television, in ufology, mainly talking about Adamski, and religion, mainly coming out of Adamski's groups. Uh, and we can see, we can compare what the humans think to what Ra said. That, Ra said, that, uh, you know, two billion years ago or so, there was, Ra was in third density Venus, highly positive, and developed highly in um, uh, great social harmony up through sixth density, late sixth density today, where they're not even on the planet, they're off planet, they're, they're not in the material dimension, sixth density being formless, <clears throat> but that there is a positive fifth density civilization there today. Uh, in literature, <laughs> we see a lot, we see a lot of references to the Venusians, uh, <clears throat> something from Edgar Rice Burroughs. I'm not going to go through every single one, but just hit the highlights and give you a sense. Uh, basically, you've got some, you know, a novel from 1930 talking about uh, Earth, humans leaving Earth, colonizing Venus, totally exterminating Venus native inhabitants who are a semi-intelligent deep ocean marine species. So, the first mention is uh, humanity going there and wiping them out. Then, uh, <clears throat> another material in 1932, I guess this is a book, uh, Venus is the home world of a spider-like aliens who have conquered Earth and forced most of the surviving humans underground. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, pretty famous writer, in, also in the 1930s, uh, <clears throat> about the Lords of Venus, indications that the serpent people were there. Uh, a prospector gets trapped in the maze on Venus, constructed by lizard men. C.S. Lewis, who was a very interesting fellow, C.S. Lewis, traveling to Venus, uh, trying to prevent... Uh, Venus from falling, suffering the same fate that befell Earth. Um, all sorts of complicated things uh, going on in that book. Pre, it's called Paralanda, Landra. Para, para, Paralandra. Uh, other books, Isaac Asimov related, talked about Venus. Green-skinned beings from a British comic they're emotionless, some of them. Uh, a campaign by advertising agencies on an overpopulated Earth to convince humans to colonize Venus. 
Stephen King weighed in uh, with an astronaut who returns from Venus to find himself possessed by a murderously, murderously terrified alien entity. Uh, Willy Wonka had something to do with this, and uh, Willy Wonka says that Venus used to be the home to an alien race before they were gobbled up by vermicious knids. So you see how, how stupid humans are? You know? These guys are smart. They write books. And how stupid these, these, these plot lines are. Jacqueline Suzanne weighs in and says Venus would, you know, in a book said that Venus was inhabited by bees as large as horses. Mr. John Gray, who also seems to be a good guy, said that, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> I joke and I say, I'm from Venus and you're from Mars. But when I talk to humans, uh, men are referred to as Martians. Yeah, but, the, you know, that's like saying that men are negative and women are positive. That's, that's more disinformation and deception and wrong teaching. Uh, a book called, book by a fellow named Ben Bova, The Inhabitants of Venus Are Strange Snake-Like Creatures Using Molten Sulfur for Blood. Okay. Uh, Robert Heinlein weighs in, <clears throat> said that the Venusians are they're an intelligent but primitive race of amphibians who trade valuable swamp roots to the human colonists in return for tobacco. So don't you see how dumb humans are? <laughs> they, 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 they just can't handle the truth, you know? They're too distorted. You, you know, if, you, if you're walking around like a, like a contorted, you know, with a contorted body, you don't know perpendicularity. You can't understand uh, straight and uh, horizontal vertical. It's very strange. So uh, he wrote another mar another book about Venus and saying Venusians are humanoids of great physical strength but very primitive. So he's trying to diss the Venusians. Captain Marvel shows the Venusians as frog-like, giant frog-like amphib amphibians ruled over by the evil mad scientist Dr. Sivana. Okie dokie. Uh, planet comics showing the hydrads of Venus who are huge animated sponges. A Superman story. Uh, one of the members of the Legion of Supervillains is Cosmic King. A scientist who worked on transmuting elements. Sounds like uh, human scientists. But when he was struck by the ray, he gained the power to send those beams from his eyes. All right, he was exiled for Venus. From these, for these experiments, that's very possible, I must say. We would exile folks like that. Which just means, uh, don't come here, We're, you're too negative. DC Comics. The JSA are gassed by Nazis and rocketed to different planets. Wonder Woman is sent to Venus and finds it to be inhabited by fairies, led by Queen Desira. She helps them in a war against the Meteor Man, large, brutal males. More anti-male uh, philosophy. Hal Jordan Green Lantern, uh, operating through a power battery to Venus, he meets blue-skinned primitive, you have to call them primitive, you know, primitive humanoids, uh, maybe like Avatar, being attacked by petro-pterodactyl, uh, sorry, pterodactyl creatures, dot, dot, dot. Anyway, you can see this goes on and on. In film, uh, in fact, I'm, let's, let's just forget about reading about the Martians. Let's just stay with the Venusians. Uh, Venusians in film. The creature in It Conquered the World is from Venus resembles a pyramid with a nasty grin. <laughs> Sounds like the Illuminati pyramid or uh, MTV. 20 million miles to Earth. You see, this was when... You see, Orion had already made contact in the 50s and was already working underground. So... These uh, 1950s uh, B-grade movies um, with space aliens, etc., actually are already coming out of um, a burgeoning conflict between elements in the military uh, groups of Earth that were positive or wanted positive and those that were negative and wanted to uh, ride the Orion, um, the Orion wagon all the way to hell. <laughs> or 4D negative harvest if they can. And so some of these movies 
um, are positive, like um, the day the Earth stood still, you know, warning against uh, nuclear uh, warfare. And then some of these are just silly and uh, ultimately lead people uh, to have less capacity for discernment of truth regarding UFO, ET, higher dimensional life, and cosmic plan. So uh, you see a mix of these things. Uh, 20 million miles to Earth, the crash landing on Sicily of a spaceship returning from expedition to Venus, and the resulting rampage by a creature which it brought back. So another creature from Venus. Queen of outer space with Zsa, Zsa Gabor, the Venusian leader of the resistance to overthrow the cruel queen Ilana of Venus. Zsa, Zsa Gabor, maybe she is from Venus. That's very possible. You <laughs> can imagine her in a feline third density form. Uh, Easy Rider, Jack, Jack Nicholson's very stoned, strange character, talks about Venusians around a campfire. Venus War, about life on planet Venus after colonized by humans. Sorry, I don't think that's going to happen. And then the Japanese come into this and uh, yada yada, uh, three-headed monster, survival of destruction of Venus. Venus in television, some episodes on the Twilight Zone. Um... And a Venusian disguised as human chef with three eyes, where his third eye is under his hat. That's true. My third eye is covered and hidden also. <laughs> so, Doctor Who, uh, the third doctor or something, something, a martial art called Venusian Aikido. So, uh, I think you get the picture, and I, I don't want to go on with those fictional depictions of Venus. Uh... You see, I see, I see, that, or I think, and I believe, or I can conjecture here, um, humans are too immature for truth, uh, in general. And they like fiction and fantasy, they like adventure, they like conflict, they like to be terrified in, um, you know, horror slasher movies, they like that. I mean, if millions of people go to horror slasher movies... What does it say about the maturity of that mind for truth, cosmic truth about higher dimensionality or soul evolution? I was on a boat here in Indonesia recently, and um, it was a storm, and the waves were moderately high, and the boat was a small, cheap boat uh, piloted by somebody with a low IQ, I imagine, but he's a good pilot, I guess, maybe, but he was going too fast. And the boat was, was a little dangerous, you know, because if the boat hits too hard, uh, springs a leak, and, um, you know, we can all die out there, actually. And uh, the 20-somethings were laughing occasionally as the boat slammed down to the water and taking selfies. Hey, and they're giggling. And, um, you know, if you don't give a shit about your own life, then it's not worth much. And uh, like uh, Charlie Sheen character in the Arrival movie was told, if you don't if you don't take care of your own planet, you don't deserve to keep it. If you don't care about your own soul evolution, um, you surely, um, you know, deserve uh, negative leaders who will take advantage of you because you're not taking care of yourself well enough. <clears throat> uh, humans, I mean, obviously, the fictional depictions of Venus was part of, uh, you know, intelligence agency plots to cover the truth, the truth that uh, U.S. government and other governments are hand and fist, tight, tight, working with Orion, underground and off-planet. <clears throat> and um, that's a real problem, and that's secret number one. But uh, you can also see that, that um, humans, um, Earth humans or people here, they like, um, you know, dramatic stories. And reality um, is, is much more plain. It's amazing and intricate, and there are galactic, wars or issues and things like that, and there are monsters. Um, but the association of extraterrestrials with monsters, or Venusians and off-planet groups with monsters, or evil beings um, that uh, are kind of comical, or clownish, or sensational, all obscures the reality of higher dimensional positive and negative groups and the path of soul evolution. Uh, as you know. So, um, you can come to your own conclusions, but 
reading through the list of um, references to Venus and Venusians in literature and film uh, is, is a little discouraging <laughs> in term for me uh, in uh, assessment of human consciousness. So, anyway, that's just a little um, addendum to the end of session 30. No, the idea is that there's a fifth density positive civilization on Venus now. Um, fifth density energy fields are not physical or visible in the light spectrum that we can see. So, no, we wouldn't see them at all. But uh, they would know you're there, and you might feel something. But, but again, you know, the, the atm physical atmosphere uh, is not much conducive to human uh, presence, human physical. Right. Yeah, you see, um, those are George Adansky and some other contactees from the 50s. Um, it's not clear to me if all of those guys were honest. And if they are honest, some are honest, or some reports and some people really did see those from Venus, um, that would have been them taking uh, form in, in, you know, holographic form. In a form, they may even appear solid, but they're thought form projections. So they can do that, of course. That's, that's the way Ra appeared to the um, Egyptians also. They took a thought form body or uh, an apparently, you know, physical complex, but it's not biochemical physical. It's projected by mind as, into light. So, so higher dimensional beings can do that, yes. Um, yes, yes, Ra has said that, yes. Between, I think, Mars and Saturn. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the moon, our moon, is an artificial satellite constructed by Council of Saturn and the Confederation uh, to balance gravitational anomalies created by the destruction of Maldek. Yes, I, I think something's going on with Jupiter also. <clears throat> I think Jupiter is like, could be like a sun, in a sense. It's a sun appearing as a planet. There's something, there's certainly something anomalous about Jupiter, I believe, also. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, there, there's, I'm sure there's more going on with different planets that Rod didn't talk about. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, this is Ra's presentation, and there are other presentations of the truth of the solar system also. So we have to, it's useful to study more or widely. Um, not exactly. I mean, my sense is um, after full dimensional shift and the beginning of um, fourth density cycle <clears throat> in a stable way that it isn't now yet, uh, Earth would be activated one, two, three, and fourth density levels energy bodies capable of, of hosting first, second, third, fourth dimensional life. However, Ra had said that for a period of hundreds of years, or they didn't really specify, Earth would not have a 3D cycle <clears throat> until the fourth density positive group could um, prepare itself by veiling itself or being invisible to the uh, third density group that would come later. And I'm not quite totally sure an understanding of that metaphysics because normally fourth density is not visible to third. So how would it be that they would learn, they have to learn to make themselves invisible or veiled? Uh, I'm not sure. <clears throat> but it could be that uh, fourth density group has third density body activated too. So they would learn how, they would have to learn how to veil their third density body while still in activated or using their fourth density body. <clears throat> so that's an interesting point. You know, higher dimensional beings are not only of that dimension, they are of all dimensional activations up through and to that dimension. Uh, so there's some veiling, but then later, after that preparation of the fourth density positive group, then there would be another 3D cycle on Earth, which I assume to be the second master cycle of 75,000 years for 3D uh, souls. And uh, many of the people here will, be, will return to Earth at that time, too. But I think that, that <clears throat> the next 3D cycle, master cycle of 75,000 years on Earth, will probably be much more positive than this one. 
mainly or significantly because of the uh, presence of the 4D positive group. And next week, we will look at session 31. Uh, session 31 has uh, 17 questions or exchanges between Don and Ra. Um, getting more into uh, sexual energy transfers, a little bit about energy transfer, sexual energy transfer. Actually, it looks like uh, half the session. And homosexuality. So some people can downvote that video if you think that's politically incorrect. Uh, and a little bit about marriage, which again Rod said called a adversary relationship. But that's nice. Session 31 will be very um, centered on um, issues of sexuality, uh, male-female relations particularly, energy transfers, marriage, uh, and we'll see, oh, you know, Ra's view or one view of a higher self um, uh, about, uh, you know, regarding relationship and intimacy and um, the use of sexuality on the positive spiritual path. So, uh, thanks very much for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and see you next time. Okay, good night.